<laughs> this is episode, I don't even know what episode we're on, but welcome to the Curvo Podcast. Today, we have U-G-R-A, Matt and Shelby. Thank y'all for coming Ooh, on. Thanks for having us. Here. Yeah, Matt, you've been on before. Shelby, what is your position? I'm the natural resources manager. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So if you know Tara, this is what she did for about 15 years, but now she's our general manager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that your goal? <laughs> so one day be as good as Tara yes that's <laughs> a lofty goal that was a politically correct answer right there I like it I just like going it. for mayor yeah. <laughs> so um yeah so what's been going on with the river do are um, we in a drought are we still yes. in a drought oh, we're still very much in yes. a drought yeah. about the last year and a half really yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and it's um things are starting to look up uh, I mean obviously we're still in a very severe drought uh currently most of Kerr County is in uh, D4 uh, drought classification, which is the second worst classification. And uh, then uh, the eastern part of Kerr, oh, sorry, eastern part of Kerr County is in um, D5. Yeah, it's in D5 right now, which is the worst classification. It's exceptional, exceptional yeah. drought. Which really? Is, yeah, yeah. So we could definitely use a like currently what it's what's going on right now, where we're getting a little bit of drizzle, uh, would be good for like two solid weeks is what we could really use. Mm where the, the ground can really soak it up and, you know, it can kind of recharge uh, some river flow and things like that. So what would be better for our conditions? A solid four-hour pour down? Oh, no. Or <laughs> would it be a long-term drizzle? Long-term, long-term. yeah. Long, Why? Slow and steady. Because it, whenever you have, a, a like, a torrential downpour for, like, a few hours, you know, where you get 10 inches in a really short period yeah. or, you know, even 30 inches has happened in the past, um, that's when you get flash flooding and people you uh, lose, you know, property and, and things like that. So we definitely don't want a crazy flood where it's, you know, hitting the bottom of Sydney Baker Bridge or anything like that. Mm. But, uh, you know, a nice you know, 10 days of steady, you know, slow and kind of like barbecue, you know, slow and steady, low and slow. Uh, Something like that would be preferred because it gives the ground a chance to soak it all up and it kind of, you know, gets the flow back going and gets, you know. So I'm not being heartless to those who might lose their homes, but it it just, you think that like, just give us a good, you know, a, a good downpour. I mean, those are well, beneficial as well. Yeah, floods sure. do have their uses for sure, especially uh, ideally some light flooding is, I think, a good way to put yeah. it. Uh, just like low level where it doesn't get anyone's property, we're not a lot of erosion's happening, but it helps move sediment downstream, which is really useful for the rivers. It like right. definitely plays a role, but when we're thinking about, you know, recharging the aquifer, recharging the river, like Matt said, that low and slow is really useful. Yeah. So um, you hear different different kind of like theories like you know you don't swim after a flood or you're supposed Mm -hmm. to swim Mm -hmm. you were mentioning washing the river out uh is that true are you not supposed to swim after a flood you're supposed to wait a couple days well i mean i would definitely always recommend that because you never know uh after a flood what the river looks like if things have been washed downstream you know if you're used to swimming in the same area there could be a log there now that you don't know about or Anything could have been washed down. Some animals will be displaced. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend not swimming right after a flood. Uh, or just, yeah, or just after rain period, really. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. You could wash a lot of, you know, E. coli levels could shoot that's, up. Uh, that's what I was like concerned that. about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, different levels of various things could shoot up in the river. So, it's, um, yeah, it's always best to just kind of avoid um, swimming in the river or any body of water, really, after um uh, especially a heavy rain. Mm-hmm. So last time you were on, you were talking about um, 
swimming conditions mm-hmm. and that y'all reported those. Do y'all still do that? Uh, during the summer, uh, actually, I got a little information on that. Yeah, uh, yeah our summer swimmability program, um, it's something we do every year um, from, let's see, the from Memorial Day uh, to, Labor, to Day. Labor Day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we usually take the, the measurements the week leading up to Memorial Day so we can have those um, E. coli values ready mm. to go for when everybody wants to go hang out at the, the river. And then we do it throughout the summer. Uh, and then, yeah, so just every, uh, typically every Monday, depending on weather, um, Travis, uh, our uh, other natural resources specialist, he'll go out, take uh, samples, and we'll run it at our lab and analyze it for E. coli levels. Why and does that happen? Why does E. coli, you know, <laughs> gather up in the river? Oh, there's a ton of fantastic reasons for that. Um, a big thing that we like to talk about a lot is uh, animal waste. So if you think mm. about going to the river, going to Louis Hayes Park, you're going to see a lot of ducks, you're going to see a lot of geese, uh, and you're often tempted to feed them because they're so cute, mm. and you're like, they're deserving of a little treat, you know. But we really encourage people not to because when you feed them at the same place over and over and over again, they get used to eating there, they're going to use the restroom there, mm-hmm. they're going to uh, put waste in the area, and it concentrates all that waste and causes E. coli, especially if... Uh, you know, if you have kids and your kids like feeding the ducks down the park, well, they're probably going to feed them in the same places that they're swimming to. Yep. You know, it's easy to get to the river and stuff like that. And that makes those danger- those spaces, you know, a little bit more dangerous by having uh, feeding the ducks right there and the geese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not picking up after your dogs, too. That's a big one, yeah. Yeah, especially you may think, I don't even live close to the river. I'm not walking them at the river. Even just the dog poop in your backyard. When it rains, all that can get washed down to the river. That ticks me off. When you see somebody's, and I don't care if I'm offending you, pick up your dog poop. <laughs> like, if you see somebody walking on the sidewalk and their dog poops, and they don't pick it up, it's like, what the heck, man? Yeah, it's, it can be frustrating seeing that. Uh, oh that's why we're here, to spread the good news of picking good. up dog poop. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not the most glorious of tasks, you know. Nobody likes to pick up dog poop, but it's a it's a small inconvenience, you know. You there's plenty of dog poop stations with plenty of bags. We uh, At UGRA, we have little dog poop bag uh, dispensers mm-hmm. you can put on a harness. Uh, you can refill those with, you know, the t- packs you can buy at HEB or Walmart yeah. for like five bucks, you know, for an eight pack of those rolls. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a very minor inconvenience to just, you know, little effort as well, uh, just to bend over and pick up a pile of dog poop and throw it in the proper place. And We should develop continue. like a... <laughs> A community service task that hey, you know I'm, what I'm saying. It could be it could be a thing. I, there are um, we were actually just um, at uh, Guadalupe Blanco River Authority yesterday in Seguin, and uh, one of the people that were talking, I think, it was the city of New Braunfels. They said that they, yes, they have yeah. a program where uh, they have a contractor where twice a week they just go throughout you know a certain park uh, and they just pick up dog poop. And it, it provides a great service, and it also, you know, helps, uh, you know, further somebody's entrepreneurship. You know, like somebody that just started a business, yeah, got a contract with the city of New Braunfels to go pick up dog poop, and you know, they mm-hmm. their business is flourishing, there and was, the watershed is flourishing. So. You know what? I feel like there was a business. We had somebody on that was. Um, he was he was the the poop guy the the, <laughs> the poop guy that, that's I, a business name right there <laughs> i i'm <laughs> i might even uh omit this out or edit this out but you know he was talking about how shy he was because he, he got he became known as the the pooper scooper guy 
And I'm like, dude, that's that's something to, oh yeah, you know, it's a great service. It, it is a great yeah. service, and if you can monetize off of providing value, you. I mean, that's and, American dream, dude. Yeah, yeah. And you're providing a, a a very important ecological service as well. Not mm-hmm. not just for making money, but you know, economically and ecologically, it's it's very beneficial. Yeah, I just remembered his name, but I don't want to call him out. We'll just remember him <laughs> as the poop guy. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, so we covered the drought river cleanup. What's going on with that? Yeah, uh, so the river cleanup, we have announced um, the event date. Uh, july 22nd the fourth saturday in july uh it's going to be at flat rock park again from 8 a.m to to about noon uh it's kind of the same story as last year um just you know if, if you register early you can you know that morning go straight to your cleanup site get get your cleanup taken care of report back to flat rock park with your trash or any of our other uh satellite drop-off locations and what then date is that again july 22nd is july the is the official 22nd. date yeah and uh and it's at flat rock park um but yeah that flat rock park is kind of the hq you know the uh, the main little area of the uh, river cleanup but you know volunteers go all throughout the county uh in the watershed and you know they you know pick little dry creek beds um you know roadsides parks uh, along the river itself uh just kind of anywhere and everywhere that's within the watershed you know is important to clean up wow and uh last year i got a few uh so 403 volunteers uh, participated in the big event last year, wow. uh, which is lower than past years. But, you know, we're still kind of getting our numbers up since the COVID restrictions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they picked up over 6,000 yeah. pounds of trash last year. Yeah. So just in one day. Over three tons. At the Flat Rock Park? Oh, no, well, no. Not the at, yeah, across yeah, the county. Across the county. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I was yeah, going to say. That, that's like, <laughs> uh, you know, all sure. scrap metal tires, just basic garbage, all that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, over 6,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you consider, uh, we had another kind of a hybrid setup last year. Uh, so after the big event, we also had the OYO or the on your own cleanup, um, where, you know, kind of on your own time frame. you know, whenever you're able to conduct a cleanup, uh, with those numbers, let's see last year, uh, in addition, uh, with the, the cleanup uh, itself, like the main, have the the stats here somewhere yeah overall with the oyo and the main event we had 540 volunteers uh so just over 500 pounds or so uh or sorry almost six and a half tons of garbage whenever you add the oyo and the main event so six and a half tons or i don't know six and a half thousand pounds maybe yeah sorry i wrote my notes wrong but yes uh, sorry yes um so basically almost three and a half tons yeah uh, and it's you know it's impressive you know it, it just takes a little impressive. bit of effort to really get out there you know the community comes together it's a really fun event uh you know that last year was my inaugural river cleanup um shelby gets to see it happen i this know year. i'm so excited um, Shelby. yeah and it's uh it's it's a really fun event you know i, I had a blast last year it, it was pretty hectic being my first one I, I didn't know the ropes uh but it turned out great you know lots of people had a great time there's a, a prize drawing there's an ecological fair uh, lots of sponsors you know kind of pitch in for the prize drawing and in various other aspects um there, there you know uh there there's music there's um just general fun there's a prize contest yeah. for the the biggest item and the most unusual item found and uh, it's it's just a good time and then also you get to watch the the city of kerrville come and bring their big crane truck and, and pick up the 
or claw truck, whatever you want to call it, and pick up all the garbage and all that's that. That's kind of cool. It's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Hey, um, what was what won last year for the most unusual oh, biggest? Oh, man. Uh, I can't recall off the top of my was head. Was it the purple toilet? I don't know if it was the, the purple what? toilet. The what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a uh, – Justin actually found a purple toilet. Yeah. Justin. Yeah. Uh, Justin's the owner of Jam. <laughs> I can see him right now. Look what I found. Yeah, there's actually – Have y'all a, met Justin? Y'all met oh, yeah. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's a, actually a funny picture of him sitting on the toilet and holding a bowling ball he found. So that's, I'll have to pull that up one of these days and email it over. <laughs> that's one thing about Jam. They're really involved in oh, everything that yeah. goes on the community. Uh, why'd you get into this matt uh just um, the this job yeah uh well i i'll give you the short story so you know i've always enjoyed the outdoors uh camping you know just any environmental activity I, i've just enjoyed it you know uh so i took a a very long eight-year gap year after high school not knowing what i wanted to do with my life and um just one day it kind of clicked like why don't i do something different and that I actually enjoy. So I went back to school um, and just wanted to get into an environmental career. Um, I had no idea I was going to work with water. I had zero clue. And um, then after a couple weeks of searching and not finding finding the exact job I was looking for, I kind of opened my my search, um, you know, what, what I was really searching for and just kind of opened myself up to any possibilities and uh well here i am I, and i'm in, i'm loving my job so far I've, i actually today is my one year anniversary with ugra what? so yeah Congrats, i'm uh, pretty excited about it and Congrats. i've had a blast so far and that's pretty much the short version of how i got here yeah. are you passionate about it oh absolutely yeah especially the dog poop and things like that yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> you know just topic for yeah him. just yeah. uh you know i i I grew up in the Victoria area, you know, Cuero, Victoria, all that stuff. And that's right on the Guadalupe River. So, you know, I have a special connection with the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, of course, it's way down river compared to up here, uh, but it's all the same river. And people use it essentially for the same thing all along the river. You know, water's important. Everybody needs it. So um, I'm glad to be working where I'm working right now. Yeah, and we got to take care of the river up here. So, Exactly. It can be taken care of down there. Absolutely. This is a weird analogy. Uh, Like a couple years back, I saw this video on, or this movie on Netflix. It was about this, this, so this platform starts at like the top. And then where I think it starts at the bottom and it goes up to the top. No, it starts at the top and it goes down to the bottom. I can edit out the brain fart. (laughs) And at the top on this platform, it's like a, big feast with all kinds of food did y'all ever see that i don't think so and then it's weird because i know it's kind of dark and morbid but these prisoners there's like a hundred of them on each level of the platform as it goes down Mm -hmm. and um if the platform makes it all all the way to the bottom they all get free or something like that but as it goes down if each one of them just takes a little bit of food what they need for the day at the bottom there'll be enough food for everybody. And I, I think it kind of correlates. Like if you take care of the river, you know, here where it begins Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then at the bottom, it'll, I mean, yeah, that that's a very good way to look at it. Like you can't just be selfish about it here in the headwaters. We got to take care of it. So the next people can, can benefit from it and also take care of it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, something we in presentations we give about, you know, the general Guadalupe river basin as a whole, um, we, you know, as far as keeping it clean is concerned, it's a lot easier for us to treat the water up here uh, because it's already pretty clean because, you know, mm-hmm. the headwaters. But 
if every place along the river keeps it clean, it's much easier for a place like Victoria to keep it clean, you know, way down at, towards the coast, uh, because they have a whole lot more water to deal with, a whole lot more potential pollution, mm. things mm-hmm. like that, that they have to get out of the water and it takes more energy. Uh, and overall, it's just much harder to clean if everybody before them doesn't take care of it and keep it clean. Mm-hmm. Shelby, why did you get into this? <laughs> um, well, I think, and this is kind of funny that you mentioned it, uh, Matt, talking about the river and Victoria and stuff and uh, how that was a big thing for you. Well, I went to undergraduate at Texas State, a uh, geography degree. All right. Yeah, and I wasn't, I mean, I obviously liked water before, like, you know, mm-hmm. but I hadn't, they didn't think I was going to go into water, but in uh, if anyone knows where Texas State is in San Marcos, it has the San Marcos River, uh, which if you've ever visited, it's just, it's magnificent. It's beautiful. It's so clear. It's it's, you know, it's it's amazing. And so when I was going there, I was learning so much about it. And uh, the people in San Marcos are so passionate about it. Uh, I think Kerrville has a similar thing where people are so passionate about the Guadalupe River. That mm. It's very important to them. And so when I was there, I was like, okay, well, I have to do water because mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm learning so much about it. And it's so fascinating. And it's just the people who are really passionate about it make it even more special. And so then after that, I... Um, Worked around a little bit at the state environmental agency, TCQ, and then I went to grad school in Ohio. All right. Yeah, now I'm back. I'm back in Texas. That's it's so right. exciting. Back to America, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, so I feel like water is, has become more and more valuable. It's almost mm-hmm. getting to be a currency, you know? Yeah. Hopefully it yes. won't get that way, but it's just almost scary. Yeah, especially currently, you know, in this major drought we're in, uh, you know, conserving water is more important now than it has been in a very long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, just little tiny steps people can take, uh, you know, like shortening a shower by a few minutes uh, can go a long way. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, or whenever you're waiting on your shower to warm up, put a five-gallon bucket under it to catch that water. And you can use that water for plants or uh, bucket flushes in your toilet. You know, Chickens. Uh, yeah, chickens. You can do it like anything, you know, use it for your dog's drinking water or use it for your drinking water. I mean, you can use it for a whole host of things and, and that's a good way to save it instead of just letting it go down the drain. Since our last podcast, I, I've been conserving water and I've also been on this kind of cold shower kick, you know, mm-hmm. every, you know, one out of every, I guess, seven showers will be a good hot shower. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I do cold showers, you know, and of course, I get clean and everything, but <laughs> but uh, it, it shortens your shower when it's cold. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. It'll wake you up too. You want to get out the, out of there as soon as possible. <laughs> you yeah. know, I just I turn on that cold full blast and I just shh, do my thing and get out. You know, I don't have time to sing or do my, you know, my morning <laughs> ritual. But but no, I, I after that last podcast, I'm just like, this is so precious, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and yeah. it's not that me mentality. It's like. Yeah, it's a community, you it's know. A community. Uh, so many people don't think, you know, a, a similar uh, type of situation, you know, like cigarette butts and everything. People don't think, oh, it's only one cigarette butt, you know. But then when you have millions of people that throw out cigarette butts or anything like that, then it becomes a problem. Same thing with water use. I was like, oh, I only take an extra couple minutes in the shower. Or, oh, I only run the water an extra couple minutes here and there. It's like, well, whenever you and millions of other people think like that, then, you know, it it becomes a pretty big problem. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, it takes a community at the end of the day. I'd say 
you know, Matt's talking a lot about things you can do inside your house for water conservation. A big thing too is what you're doing outside your house, mm. what you're doing in your lawn and in right. your backyard and whatnot. Um, we obviously, people want to have a pretty looking lawn. We get that. Like we want our offices lawns to look pretty. We want mm. our houses lawns to look pretty as well. Uh, but a large amount of the water that people use at their house is for irrigation. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember the exact percentage, but it's a very large percentage it's you're a lot using of water. in your irrigation. So if you're already doing the steps of, you know, taking shorter showers, turning off the water when you brush your teeth, you know, stuff like that, mm -hmm. then you could, you're probably someone who would also want to be making sure that you're not spending a lot of water on your lawn. And so making sure you water, um, early in the morning or late at night, mm -hmm. because when you do it during the middle of the day, a lot of that's going to get evaporated. Uh, and so you're losing a lot of the water you're putting out already, doing it as infrequently as possible while still, you know, mm -hmm. maintaining your yard uh, and doing a lot of native planting. Uh, having native plants, they're very good at holding in water and they're very drought resistant. Mm, yeah. mm -hmm. I didn't think one. about that. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, if the plants are from around here, they're used to the droughts. They're used to the low water and they're used to it not raining for long periods of time. That's right. Get yeah. you a cactus, Karen. <laughs> hey, there we go. That <laughs> mountain, mountain laurels, lots of different legumes uh, that grow around here. Um, Even you know, if you're oak picking trees, things like that. Yeah, yeah, if you're picking out a new grass that you're going to put in, uh, picking a grass that's from around here. That'll really help with uh, making sure that you're using less water and your yard looks better for longer right. parts of the year. Good. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, what about water wells? There's a lot of water. There's more people moving in, you know, mm -hmm. on the real estate yeah. side of things. It's, it's almost overwhelming, you know, the amount of people coming in. And, and then you go to Walmart and you're like, Dad, gum. I don't remember <laughs> it ever being like this. You know, H-E-B, yeah. you got self-checkout line down aisle too, and you're just like... <laughs> Jeez, I especially on Saturdays and Sundays, I've noticed oh, it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crowded. Yeah, and me, I don't <laughs> like being around a bunch of people. I'm not gonna lie. And then you, you, you go there, and then everybody's got this scared, worried look on their face because we just came out of the pandemic, you know. And it's just like, oof. Yeah, it's a, it's a. We're, we're getting back to normal. I think. I, I think it's a. It's a slow process, but you know. But yeah, development is something that people ask us about a lot. Especially, we're a little bit lucky that we're not on I-35, so we're not getting it as bad as like you know some places right. like New Braunfels and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Uh, but definitely, a lot of development is happening in the county and in the city, uh, and people ask us a lot about like uh, wells that people put on their properties. Uh, and an interesting thing about wells in Texas is. Uh, while you have to register your well, so if you're putting a well in the county, you have to register it with a uh, groundwater conservation district, mm -hmm. uh, Headwaters Groundwater Conservation District is their full name. Uh, but you have to register with them, but you, as long as it's a domestic well for your household, you're using under a certain amount, you can pump as much water under that amount as you want to any day. Uh, they're just making sure you're putting it in a safe spot and that you're registering it. But other than that, your uh, the regulations are pretty light for how much water you can take out of your well for your house. How do you personally feel about that, Shelby? <laughs> <laughs> I, Tell it all. <laughs> <laughs> I think definitely independence is a part of what makes Texas, Texas. Mm -hmm. And so uh, people prefer uh, to have as much independence and do what they want on their property, which I can definitely understand. You don't, you don't want people telling you what to do. But I would just wish we were able to track it better. I guess, mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily to tell people to use less, but just to know how much groundwater is being used. Yeah. yeah. Because like yeah. private water systems, like I know some people may be getting water from like Aqua Texas is a big one yeah, around we here. Are. Man, yeah, we are. My family is, you know. Yeah. So they, all of their water that they pull out of the groundwater is being tracked because they're a larger entity that is pulling out of their wells. Mm -hmm. 
So we know how much water they're pulling out, but we don't know how much, you know, a neighborhood that has mostly private wells is pulling out. Do you think it's ever going to get to the point where that gets regulated, private wells? I, I have no yeah. idea on that. Yeah, we, it's, it's hard for us to put any kind of number on that because we don't really deal with wells. We're, we're mm -hmm. surface water. Yeah. Yeah, we, we uh, you know, with Plateau Water Planning Group, uh, those meetings that go on, they, they talk a lot about surface and groundwater and, and you know, the how to how they can possibly quantify you know how much water is actually um being used in private wells and all that but it's, it's just a hard number to get a hold of unfortunately because yeah. yeah. it, it's not required but as far as if it'll ever be required i mean i don't know you know like what she said you know that's part of what makes independence is part of what makes texas texas and mm -hmm. I, i'm all for independence but you know it would be nice to at least have some kind of you know way to track how much is being used not necessarily to limit use but just have a number uh, so we can kind of plan for our water use for the next 20 years 30 years things yeah, like that you got people filling up pools and ponds yeah and mm -hmm. it's like dadgum it we're in a drought you know <laughs> yeah it's a uh, you know i you know it's nice to go swimming in a pool you know it's a nice clean pool refreshing on a hot summer day or go play in the sprinklers out in the yard i did that as a kid you know mm -hmm. but uh yeah, during a drought, it's 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 not the most efficient use of water. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's selfish, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, what's up with these hogs? Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. What is hogs. going on Hog there? Programs, uh, you got you got me itching. My trigger fingers ready oh, to go. Okay. Yeah. What's going on here? Well, we have a program with uh, Kerr County where if you bring in frozen hogtails to their animal services, you can get twelve dollars a tail for just bringing them in. Wow. Yeah, just. Amazing. A lot of people are already, you know, trapping and killing hogs on their property. So to encourage people to do it more uh, and so that we can help keep track a little bit, too, of uh, how many hogs are being killed in the county each year is, I mean, it sounds terrible, you know. Why? <laughs> but, yeah, we got to, feral hogs are a huge problem to the river as well, which yeah. a lot of people don't think about. Uh, they cause a lot of E. coli in the river because they... The poop. Mm, exactly. Yes. Lots of poop. Yeah. And they uh, also ruin the riverbanks because they like to... Um, they like to use all the mud around there, and they'll roll around, and they'll create, like, swales, basically. We, where they we had Ashley Batters on, and I want to get her back on. And she was talking about along the river, mm -hmm. the, the growth, mm -hmm. the, the growth along the river, not to, you know, mow that down. That, yes, The riparian yeah. areas are important. What yeah. is the benefits of having that growth as to having just a... Well, there's a ton of benefits to that, Yeah. Having all that vegetation along there, you're going to prevent erosion. So the vegetation has long roots and all those like grasses, sedges, bushes, all that stuff. They hold all that soil there in place. Uh, and you're also going to, you know, we're in times of drought right now. Uh, during drought, it holds water in the soil and all the vegetation holds water. And wow. it, when the river gets real low, they can let it out too. What? Yeah, it's like basically a little bank on the... That is cool. A, a bank on the bank. Yeah. That's bank on water. the bank. It helps yeah. the base flow stay better than it is right now <laughs> like isn't it, that amazing yeah it's mm -hmm. um it, it really is whenever you know uh you know a lot of the stuff people you know it's i wouldn't say it's common sense you know but it's um it's really interesting stuff uh just just the very basic concepts that you don't really think of uh when it comes to ecology um and when it comes to you know kind of getting back on feral hogs she said they can be really destructive to that riparian oh, yeah. area and uh you know they Ugh. it's it's actually really bad in some you know some places are worse than others uh out in west kerr there's a you know a ton of hogs that uh that 
you know, get trapped or, and or killed. And, uh, I actually have a couple numbers for the hog program if you're interested. Yeah. In those. <laughs> so, um, December 2017 is whenever the program started. Uh, and since then we have, or the program has paid out 9,729 hog bounties. So that's a lot of tails. Uh, brought into Kerr County. <laughs> frozen, please frozen. <laughs> <laughs> and they do have to be shot in Kerr County. Yes, they have yeah, to be harvested in Kerr yeah. County. Uh, uh, I believe we are no longer um, accepting receipts from uh, like uh, meat processors either anymore. It has to be the physical tail mm-hmm. brought into Kerr County. Frozen. Mm-hmm. Frozen, everybody. <laughs> please frozen. <laughs> and definitely not to us. Y'all yeah, ever yeah. had something that wasn't a hog tail, like, like oh, somebody trying to bring a... A coontail and cut the end of there, it. There, there have been. I mean, I you'd have to ask Travis about that. He's kind of the he's the tip of the spear on the hog program. Yeah. Um. He, you know, he takes all the questions and talks to landowners that have questions Jeez. and things like that. But yeah, this or last year, all of 2022, we had 2007 that we paid out. So, the, and I think uh, Travis told me uh, just before we left. I think. Um, think the first in December 2017 alone I think it was only like 50 or so so I mean it's grown quite a bit over the last few years and uh, you know it's it's providing a great service uh, and it's also just kind of an incentive for if you got land and and you have a hog problem uh, that means everybody has a hog problem absolutely yeah, yeah. They don't care about fences. Yeah. <laughs> if your neighbor's they got don't. hogs, you have hogs. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Exactly. And you could see it in your fence too, where they oh, they'll get up under mm-hmm. it and they'll, they'll mess up, especially like a couple hundred pound hog. You know, it, it mess up a fence pretty easy. And also, they yeah. can kill wildlife. You know, they'll eat young fawns. They'll eat like little baby animals. You know, hogs will pretty much eat anything they can get their mouth around. Jeez. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, <laughs> they they do eat everything, and they're smart. They're so smart. Yeah. You know, I have chickens too, and and I know they'll eat chick. Er, everything eats chickens, but but um, <laughs> I like chicken. <laughs> what are the, are there any processing um, places that are like teaming up and saying, "Hey, look, you kill it, we'll process it, and uh, we'll donate the the meat to." Uh, that I I could not tell you. That'd be something cool. Yeah, that'd be interesting. You know, like to have like a good feeling about it too and not just being like look we're just throwing this meat away i know right, it's right. i know it can be nasty in the summertime and yeah you don't want to mess with them. yeah a lot a lot of people uh, uh you know there are lots and lots of diseases that can be spread um through hogs and to humans and things yeah. like that and people just don't want to deal with the you know the dirty meat parasites all that kind of yeah. stuff that you know if like if you were cleaning a hog you know if you cut yourself and you get some of that in, your, mm-hmm. in that cut you know you could get really sick it's so, easy to talk about you know yeah. but you know but, but when you, it comes down to actually doing it yeah it's gonna it uh, be difficult sometimes yeah. i used to work at the winnikes deer processing in harper and uh we used to do hundreds and hundreds of deer but then, you know, when the hogs come through, it's like, oh, man, <laughs> I don't want to yeah. do that. You know, the, the, it's, it's different. The, it's very it's, different. It's yeah. just a lot of a lot of fat and, and the skin's different. And it's tough on the outside and it's just it just feels a little more nasty, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. not trying to be. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, whenever you, uh, you know, whenever it's cooked well, you know, wild pig tastes pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, as long as you get it cooked efficiently and. You're not undercooking it because then you could, you know, get some of those different pathogens that'll spread to you and all yeah. that. Yeah, and cook it. We do a lot of deer meat at my house. We got we got like a hundred pounds of, well, we got like fifty pounds of of uh, ground hmm. 
ground meat and then 50 pounds of a uh, sausage breakfast pan sausage mm, and nice. along I with those <laughs> fresh chicken <laughs> eggs and then you get that breakfast sausage you make those taquitos you're speaking oh, my language yeah, you're John. In heaven there. oh man i love it, it just makes it gives you a sense of pride too right yeah sustainably mm. harvested meat is is absolutely the way to go it yeah. is I, oh man i i could talk whole bunch about that but we won't get into all that <laughs> well that's okay i mean honestly sometimes we veer off on the curve yeah. podcast and it, mm-hmm. it gives a good personal effect on things you know like people see you know ugra but who's behind it right yeah it's what good is, to meet the people what is matt yeah. and shelby mm-hmm. about and are they just hello i'm UG-? like no yeah. they're people too and and yeah, they absolutely. do they do the things that we do and they're part of the community so so hell yeah, we'll talk about game me. I I, <laughs> I love I love a good old uh, reverse seared uh, tenderloin. Oh man, that's the good stuff. <laughs> reverse seared is that smoked first? No, well I mean yeah, you can smoke it, but uh, I don't have a smoker. I just use you know put it in the oven, real low temperature for you know until it gets up to about fifteen degrees under what I would like it to be, and then I sear it like super high heat in a cast iron skillet. So with some bring it to like one fifty. Oh man, that's too high. That's overcooked it's too already. High? Oh man, I, I like to get mine down to like 130, 135 range. Uh, but so I'll, I'll put it in the the oven till it's about uh, 115, 120, and then I'll sear it like hard, hard sear Dang. and seal in all that moisture and let it rest for about ten minutes. Then cut into it and oh enjoy. My gosh. <laughs> you know what's really popular now is people are going to the farmers and and getting them to butcher a oh, cow, a steer, oh, yeah, whatever yeah. for them. Yeah, there, there's that's a new thing coming out, and I it like is. it. It's expensive, but, you know, it's. It I think it's worth it because, you know, those uh, CAFOs and, and things of, you know, like concentrated animal feeding operations, all that stuff, uh, you know, I, I'm aware that we need lots of food in this country, mm-hmm. but uh, it can really take a toll on many different things, you know, the animals themselves or even – you know, even a watershed, you know, yeah. there, there, yeah. there's lots of waste that's produced by those operations. And, you know, one rain event could wash a whole lot of nasty stuff into a river if it's anywhere close. Well, anything like mass production of anything is really not concentrating on health. Right. And, yeah. and you know, the, the quality, I think um, I met this guy at O'Reilly's yesterday and he and on the side of his truck, brand new Dodge. And then he's like, yeah, man, I, I it said, um, you know. Um, packaged meat and then game ranch and I'm like so what's up with that and he's like well I started out as a wild game ranch and then I threw a couple of cows out there and people were buying the cows more the meat from the cows and we hmm. process them and we package them and, and he's like and now that's the business that's interesting it's yeah. amazing yeah. it's amazing it's cool I, to see how businesses develop over time because they just find a good model that works for yeah. them yeah. yeah yeah and then they find a niche within that business and then they like almost do away with the initial idea Mm-hmm. You know? And I definitely understand the people who are wanting to do that. Uh, my family, my grandfather, he raises cattle, and then throughout the family, he'll, you know, we'll have a harvest date, right? And so we'll all get, you know, half a cow or whatever each year. Wow, which is, that's a lot of meat. It's a, it's a lot of meat. It gets you through most of the year. You don't really have to buy much meat, and it's always it always tastes so much better than what you're gonna get. Well, in it store. is better. Yeah, it, it is better. Uh, do y'all all get together and process for a couple of days? Uh, no, but throughout the year when, uh, they're, they're in Fredericksburg and so some family are closer, some are further. So throughout the year, we just like, we'll help him out when he needs help with stuff. Uh, if he's ever taking anything to market, we'll help him That's you know, so load cool. them up and stuff. That's so cool. I, I admire that. I admire the, the lifestyle of like self-sufficient, you know, 
you know, growing your potatoes. And I, I know we're far from it, me and my little family. <laughs> but we got our chickens, and, dude, we get, like, almost 20 eggs a day. Oh, That's wow. a lot of eggs. Yeah. Yeah, we have two dozen chickens, and I love each and every one of them. <laughs> like, seriously, when they die, we don't. Yeah, that's... we don't uh, eat them. We bury them and have a. You know? <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, like, I have nothing against people who have a connection with their animals. Oh, yeah, dude, I love chickens. They're my favorite animal. But Interesting. Um, now back to the water. Dad. Yeah, <laughs> to water. Oh, hey, talking about the price of rice in China over here. <laughs> uh, so, um, Water Pros Scholarship Program. Oh, I will let Shelby take oh, over yeah. on this. Shelby, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's our new water professional scholarship that we're doing um, for Shriner students. Uh, so any juniors or seniors, uh, or if you're going to be a junior next year, you want to apply next year. Um, it's for, there's not a specifically, you know, water resources degree, but if you're doing anything related to water resources, you have an interest in it, or you want to go in and do that later in the future, um, then you can go ahead and apply. It's for uh, $10,000 for the year, uh, and you also get to do an internship with us. What? Yeah is really awesome pretty cool opportunity that is cool yeah we're accepting applications until march 31st this year but we'll also you know have it next year and each year afterwards so they would have a better chance of scoring a job with y'all too huh i mean you definitely get a lot of connections we have like a ton of partners that we work with that you would be able to meet Mm -hmm. throughout the year and stuff. even in different counties and oh yeah i mean we were just like yesterday we were in seguin so (laughs) you know uh, and uh, over at the um, you know, there's, there's a big meeting that goes on every year um, for like our, our CRP program, kind of the, the planning the next year and co- or a couple years. And there's all kinds of different, you know, entities that, that go to that because they participate in those programs. So, you know, you're meeting a lot of, you know, people from around the state uh, mm-hmm. or especially within the Guadalupe River Basin. And it's just, you know, like you meet a lot of really cool people. You know, it's kind of cool. So all the successful uh, businesses we have on here. We have a lot of businesses, um, but the ones that are truly successful are the ones that network with the people in their same trade. And I know y'all aren't really competing. You know, y'all are like, hey, we're here for the health of the river. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it it makes me feel better as a citizen knowing that somebody like y'all is, is, teaming up and taking care of this river right yeah. somebody's got to yes <laughs> it's the truth and it's just the rivers and the watersheds the basin even just state of texas is so large so i think it's essential to do what we do to have to work with uh, a ton of different organizations and a ton of different partners and other river authorities too because just to cover that large stretch of area and uh we've mentioned watersheds a lot throughout this i think the whole thing but a watershed is any the whole world is a watershed Mm. Any area of land is a watershed because that rain that falls is going to go to a river somewhere. It's going to go to a lake somewhere. It's going to go to ocean somewhere. So uh, to think that, you know, when we're worried about the rivers and the waters in Texas, we're worried about the whole state of Texas. Mm. Even the areas that you don't think of as being, you know, having a beautiful Guadalupe River in it, right? Even those areas are going to play a mm-hmm. role. So to cover all that area and to do all that outreach and do all those programs and stuff, it is essential for us to work with as many people as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I got a scary question for y'all, okay. <laughs> and it is scary. Um, if it if it didn't rain, let's say for two or three years, what would it is very scary? scary. <laughs> what the heck? We know the river would be would stop. Like at least at Monkey Island, did y'all see at Monkey Island? It's pretty low. It was yeah. no. I'm talking about like six months ago. 
seven months ago. Yeah, it was really low. It yeah. was so scary. Yeah. But anyways, um, what? where would we get our, I mean, wells would start going dry. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that's kind of, I mean, there are a lot of different factors that, that would play into what happens, you know. Uh, obviously, it would all depend on, uh, very much of it would depend on how people conserve water at that point. Uh, you know, but yeah, some wells would definitely dry up. I, I know that uh, the city of Kerrville has some ASR wells that uh, whenever they treat water, they'll pump it down into the ground for emergency use, you know, for storage and everything. I think, I mean, don't quote me on this. I think they might have used a little bit out of the ASR wells uh, last summer whenever mm. it got really dry. Um, but yeah, like all kind, like, yeah, the river, I don't know if it would stop, but it would get pretty low. Yeah, because the river... About 90% of the flow of the river is from our springs and the headwaters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Johnson Creek, North Fork, South Fork, they all have springs along there that uh, feed about 90% of the river. And during, you know, times of drought, like last year, it was closer to 100% during some parts of the year where it was not any rainfall was feeding the river. It was all from the springs. Wow. And the springs are fed mostly by the Edwards Aquifer. Uh, so, I mean, when we don't get rain for a long period like that, the aquifer levers, aquifer levels obviously get really low. But um, I don't think we've ever had an event where the aquifer has just completely dried yeah. up and there's never been any water coming out. Yeah, that would Is have that to be possible? an extreme, like that, that would have to be like biblical drought, you know. Mm. That, yeah, like that, you said, five to ten years, no rain. Like, yeah, so, a long time. Um, I heard a politician, random, random uh, idea, but I heard a politician talk, and it was from California, and this was like a year and a half ago. Talking about a pipeline from the Mississippi. Oh, wow. Have y'all ever heard about something like that? I, 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 I know personally they, haven't. Yeah, they pipe a lot of water out there in California to the different places it needs to be. Yeah. From the but, Mississippi, that's pretty far. It is very far. Yeah. But um, this guy was promoting, and you know, I'm not leaning, you know, whatever. I'm not promoting any political party here. But this guy was like, Look, we can we can fix this water salute, this water problem by you know creating a pipeline. It'll create a bunch of jobs and then pump water from the Mississippi all the way over here. And then along the way, we can have valves, you know, helping out communities and states who need water. And uh, I don't yeah, know. But 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 then how much water would you need to be pumping? And then at what point would it start affecting? The Mississippi. Yes. Because, yeah, yeah the, the Mississippi uh, River Basin is the largest basin in the United States. Um, you know, it starts way up in, you know, northwest, you know, uh, the U.S., uh, and it, you know, goes all the way down to the coast. But, uh, you know, a lot of people use that water already along the way. And if you were to take a, you know, city's worth of extra water out, you know, that might affect it, the ecology of the river and, and various other things, and then, you know, it's, I don't know, yeah, that, I mean, that's an interesting take on it, for sure, I mean, yeah. there's no way you could know exactly how it would work until mm-hmm. it was actually put into place, but, you know, that my, my main uh, concern would be, like, well, what about the people that actually use the Mississippi on a daily mm-hmm. basis already? People mm-hmm. down river. Millions of people already. Yeah. 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 So, What do y'all think about these, okay, now we're getting down in the wormhole, y'all. <laughs> what do y'all think about these train wrecks and then the ohio river oh is that uh, scary or what yeah that's that also goes back to the mississippi i mean who knows how polluted the mississippi is going to be in the future because of this they say it's fine and they throw a dadgum rock in there and then you see the (laughs) 
The oil yeah, come up. Pretty crazy. That's just a nightmare too for the people who live there. I oh, just can't yeah. even imagine. It's terrible. Just a health a health nightmare, an environmental nightmare. Is I mean, a big thing with uh, big environmental disasters like that is we can only predict what we think is going to happen down the road or predict how safe it is, but they're predictions, you know. Uh, a lot of times, uh, way back, I think we definitely learned about this a lot when we were studying environmental stuff in college, but a lot of things were done, you know, 50, 100 years ago that we thought were going to be safe, uh, which ended up not being mm. <laughs> because we just yeah. constantly learning more about science, learning more about how the world works. Uh, and so those big disasters like that are scary because you try your best to mitigate it and help people as much as you can, but um, it's you can predict the long-term effects, but you can never know for sure. No. Yeah. 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 There's a lot that goes on. Uh, there's a lot of factors that, you know, sometimes are considered, sometimes aren't considered. Uh, there's there's just so many different things that go into big environmental things, like especially disasters like that. And you know, if you don't have all the pieces, which often is you know you don't have all the pieces of the puzzle, it's hard to make those accurate predictions. And you know, you, it's always best guess whenever something like that happens, and we'll feel the effects of it for probably you know potentially decades to come because mm-hmm. you know, it's a pretty big accident that happened mm-hmm. up there. It is, it is, and it's if you're not paying attention it's pretty dadgum scary mm-hmm. it's not something that just happened and oh it passed like it's yeah it's, it's definitely still actively going on yeah mm-hmm. it's there um now for my last scary question <laughs> <laughs> okay um how long and this might be just a silly question that i might edit out how long is the guadalupe river supposed to last I was supposed to last. I thought you were going to ask how long it is. Yeah. How long is <laughs> that going to be? We know the answer to that <laughs> one. Yeah. So 400 miles. More or less. All uh, right. You know, as far as river miles go, I mean, if as a bird flies, it's 200. Yeah. About half of what it actually is as a bird flies. Which river miles is so funny. I love when we use that phrase. It's just it's the a meandering mile, paths uh, of the river. Yeah, along the actual river path itself. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. But, but yeah, as far as how long it'll last, I mean, that. Yeah, is it ever supposed to run dry? I, I would, mean, will I it would naturally it just, run dry? I mean, uh, hopefully not. I mean, it, it took millions of years to to get it to where it is now. So, I mean, I, I I assume if it ever did end, it would be millions of years from right now. But I mean, who knows? That I would hope it just stays running. Yeah, you know, we're talking about earlier the Edwards Aquifer is what feeds those springs that feed like at least our portion of it in the headwaters. I mean, those aquifers, like Matt was saying, were formed millions of years ago yeah all these events put were put in place so long ago um as long as the aquifer has water the guadalupe river will be getting water and all right yeah i might edit that out (laughs) y'all that's embarrassing yeah well i mean it's definitely in texas something you're always thinking about it's like yeah yeah i mean where does our water come from is it always going to come from there yeah especially with private wells people are always wondering you know I might have to dig a new well in 30 years. Am yes. I going to have water here in 30 years? Right. You know? Yeah. And you know what? I'm not going to edit that out because, you know, it, it's, it was something I was wondering coming in here. And if I was wondering it, somebody's yeah. wondering. Someone else's. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah I mean, so I'm not going to. Yeah. I mean, the history of water, you know, we've always had water here, you know, since the creation of the planet, you know, whatever you believe, however long ago it was, you know, the same water we had back then is the same water we have today. And it's going to be the same water we have unless some cataclysmic event, you know, like shatters the planet in two, you know, like we should have all the same amount of water we, we had millions of years ago. Um, so, you know, 
we got to take care of what we have. Uh, and, you know, then we should all have water as long as we conserve it and, and take care of our most take precious resource. Absolutely. Take care of it, not pollute it. Because there's some irre- irreversible damage that was done in the in that river. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And chemicals. I mean, and which is so tough for the Ohio River. I, <laughs> I feel like it always gets the brunt of these yeah. <laughs> huge events like that. Oh, man, yeah, because uh, the... Didn't it catch on fire back in the... Yeah, the Cuyahoga has yeah. been on fire twice. That's uh, it's pretty crazy. Mm. <laughs> a river on fire. It's never good. Yeah, that, that means there's some other stuff other than water in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. hopefully that'll never happen in the Guadalupe. Um, I sure hope not. Oh, no. I, yeah, I think a lot of people are very... We're lucky in Texas that... I mean, it is concerning having the water resources that we do, you know, knowing that we have sometimes smaller resources than other places or have more frequent droughts than other places. And it can be a lot drier. But because of all that, I think people raised in Texas are more concerned about water than in yeah. other places. They're like, they're worried. They're like, where's my water coming from? Is mm-hmm. it clean? What can I do to protect it? Because they Good. know that it's so valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Actively, you know, being mindful of, you know, keeping water clean and making sure you have it. We have a uh, a sense of independence here that I've noticed people I've noticed on the real estate side is people flooding here because of what we do have and they just some people that move here are almost more Texan than some people that live here, if that makes any sense. I don't know. You might get in trouble saying something like I, that. I, you know what? The proof is in the pudding, y'all, and I will show you. Um, I got a set of clients now, and I'll call them out. Their name is Walt and Susan. Uh-oh. And uh, they they came here from California. Mm-hmm. And I might even have them on because I would like for them to point out um, the things that we take for granted right. here. Mm-hmm. I really, really uh, believe that we're not only in the best country in the world. We we are in not only Texas, but we're in the hill country. Oh, yeah. We are it's so, a gym. We're so yeah. dadgum blessed. We really are. That's why I'm so passionate about this place. Right. You know, this this is this is my home. And especially the, the reason people come here, too, is the river. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why yeah. I'm so honored to have y'all on, really. I know y'all are passionate about it, too. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we enjoy being on. Um, so rainwater grant program, water resources preservation grant. Well, uh, so Those are two different things, right? <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we actually have a couple <laughs> uh, rainwater harvesting programs. Um, one that we've had around for a little while now is the, the rainwater rebate, uh, rainwater catchment rebate program. Um, and that's kind of our, our smaller rainwater harvesting program. I'll talk about that, and then I'll let Shelby talk about the, the most recent one. But uh, in October, our, uh, we revised it to be from uh, 50% up to $200 up to now it's 50% up to $500. So if you're a landowner or a resident here in Kerr County, uh, you can install a rainwater system, whether it's a five-gallon bucket you know, collecting rainwater from a downspout coming from gutters on your house, or it can be up to, you know, a 30,000 gallon tank collecting, Whoa. you know, tens of thousands <laughs> of square feet on your property uh, and everything in between. You know, if you install the, those systems, you can get 50% up to $500. Uh, you, know, you just have to have the application fill, filled out um, uh, applicable receipts. Like uh, they have to be within 12 months of the purchase or th- they have to be, or the receipts have to be 12 months with from the application date. Um, 
and then you have to just give us photo proof that is it is indeed installed and uh, able to catch rainwater. So 50% up to $500. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? So if you like, let's just say $1,000 as a, you know, just a number, um, easy math. Anyway, I'm yeah. not the biggest math guy. No, uh, so if you spend $1,000 on your equipment, whether it's, uh, you know, gutters, uh, downspouts, uh, you know, the, the collections, uh, tank itself, um, all, all of that stuff, not distribution equipment, like for drip irrigation, yeah. the, those, that isn't covered. Uh, also tax is not covered. The uh, cost of the actual catchment. Yes. System. Just the actual yeah. catchment, any, any materials used for the catchment okay. of rainwater. Uh, if you spend a thousand dollars on that, you can get the max of $500. Say you spend $2,000, you can still only get $500. That is so yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, since we've revised it, we've already got what, 19 applications, something oh, like so that. We get so many all the yeah. time. It's awesome. It's, uh, well, do y'all have, yeah. Any advice on how to uh, take care of that water? So, I mean, of course, you want a black tank instead of a clear one, right? I mean, that's yeah, because you know, algae growth and things like that. Um, It all depends on what you're using the water for, really. A lot of people just use it to water their gardens or you know, their grass or things like that. You know, that's a you don't really have to treat that water. Uh, But there's a lot of people like our coworker Travis. Um, He he's all all rainwater out of his place. Uh, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All rainwater. So who's Travis? Uh, he's he's an, uh, the the other natural resources specialist. He he heads up a lot of like the hog program as well as our routine sampling programs. And um, he's a great resource that we have. Uh, he's been there 14 years. Um, and he's, he just knows the area really well. He knows uh, the environment really well. He lives off of water catchment. Oh, yeah. He, and then he, he is, drinks it. Oh, yeah. He, he yeah. has a... He takes he care like, of it. Oh, yeah. He has a triple... <laughs> Uh, a triple <laughs> filtration system. Uh, I mean, he could tell you all kind. Of, you could give him a call, and he could talk all day about could it. Could you please tell him he's invited on the Curvo podcast? I yeah, will. We'll we'll be glad know. to. Ha- yeah, have him. Mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe next time. Tell yeah, him to sure. hit me up. And yeah. anybody who wants to come on, and if you provide value to Kerrville or you know somebody that provides value to Kerrville, eight three zero four nine six one seven nine one is my number. Or you can reach out to the Kerrville podcast on Messenger. Or you can call uh, Matt. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> your your phone's all blowing up. What the hell, dude? <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah. Travis is a great resource for all kinds of different things like that. Very knowledgeable of this area and mm-hmm. just the environment as a whole. That's exciting. It yeah. really is. I, I'd, I'd really like to talk about that. You know, how do you stop? I mean, you don't want to poison yourself. I mean, I don't. Oh, maybe yeah. I'm thinking too deep into. Oh it. no, yeah. I mean, you definitely. If you're gonna drink it, you want to treat it because yeah. especially if you have a metal roof. You know, and then all that, you know, muck that can gather on a roof, especially if there's not a whole lot of rain, you know, dirt can settle on there. Uh, birds can poop on there, yeah. all that kind of stuff. You definitely want to treat the water. And then you yeah. hear all this stuff about acid rain, too. Mm. And then I don't even know if that should be a concern or not. That's why I want to have them on and ask these questions. Right, right, yeah. A lot of the questions I ask, I try to think about that, you know, just the average person who's not studying about this stuff or who didn't prepare mm-hmm. for a podcast you know, just, just the average question that the average citizen would have, right. mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a, yeah, th- I mean, those, are, those are important questions, you know, there's a, uh, uh, it's a, maybe a cliche statement, but, uh, you know, there's really no such thing as a stupid question. Yeah. You know, it may be a simple answer to whatever question you're asking, but if you didn't know, you didn't know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. simple or sarcastic, but there ain't no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Shelby, um, yeah. are you excited to be part of this? Oh yeah. It's, it's fantastic. I don't think there's it's such a unique organization. Like I know that sounds cliche. Like you know, you work there, of course you like it. Yeah. But um, a lot of river authorities around the state don't do the kind of stuff that we do. 
Um, a lot of them will do um, more utility stuff. So they'll sell water, they'll collect wastewater, some even sell electricity, like uh, LCRA in Austin, because they have the hydroelectric dam. Um, we don't do stuff like that. We focus just on providing programs for people, providing incentives to do this stuff, and outreach and education. We get to do a ton of. I just, last week, uh, we were, Matt and I on last Friday, were at Tom Daniels Elementary School. Mm -hmm. They had a STEM expo, so we were teaching kids about the water cycle, which is so fun. Yeah. And just, you wouldn't be able to do, I mean, we can in a week be at an elementary school teaching kids and then the next day be in the river taking samples and then the next day be at a big important meeting somewhere. You're outside all the time. Yeah, yeah. you get so all cool. kinds of different uh, stuff. You get yeah. to see some really pretty parts of, of the county, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And driving through the hills. I'm telling you, this is the place to be, y'all. Yeah. Um, so, Shelby, you were going to hit on the Water Resources Preservation Grant. Yeah, yeah, I'll talk about that real quick. It's an uh, extremely new program we just started. Cool. Uh, which is, and it's super exciting, I think, uh, because, you know, everyone talked about, like, you know, the development we're having in town and throughout the county. Oh, and yeah. so, yeah, well, you're never going to stop development, right? It's always right, going right. to happen. So we're focused on helping make sure it happens uh, and make it help the river as much as possible, because it's going to happen anyways. So the Water Resources Preservation Grant Program, which is like a mouthful, I know. <laughs> yeah, I almost didn't get it out. But I did it, y'all. <laughs> so it's uh, an incentive program that we have where um, people, if you're building a property, say you're building a business, uh, you're building a large apartment complex, or um, you already have a business and you're thinking about um, doing some um, upgrades on it, you can go ahead and apply to our program for um, up to $150,000 Per year is what we have budgeted for it and it's for uh, nature-based infrastructure programs which is I know kind of a, <laughs> a little bit of a buzzword <laughs> there but it's to prevent runoff around town so if you think of like parking lots uh, buildings with really large roofs yeah. uh, lots of impervious surfaces where the water's falling the rain's falling and it's grabbing pollutants sediment any trash that might be on the parking lot or whatnot and it's pushing it towards the river well, this program and nature-based infrastructure in general is focused on catching water where it falls. So uh, a great example is if you have a parking area, like an overflow parking area where people don't park at very often, mm. instead of putting uh, asphalt in there, maybe put pavers. So uh, when the water falls, it can go in between the pavers and soak into the ground better, or even having like the rainwater catchment mm -hmm. program that we have. That's a form of uh, preventing runoff like and stuff. Like putting a whole dadgum uh, carport over it. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's possible, yeah. Yeah, then you got to yeah. catch it. So yeah. our system is, uh, or the grant program is about um, all these different ways that people who are already doing these developments and stuff can make it to where it prevents runoff and it helps the river. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really awesome program. It's a really large program, definitely one of our largest. So cool. Yeah. And how does somebody reach out to y'all for more information about that if they're like, hey, that's something I want to do? Yeah, for sure. I would love people to reach out to us. Uh, we have a page on our website about it. And then also you can go ahead and just email me or give me a call or even just call General UGRA and you'll find your way to me for sure. Okay. And what's a good number? 830-896-5445. Uh, and then just, uh, yeah, just ask for Shelby or, um, but yeah, for like, if you want to know about like the scholarship program, the, the new program or, or our newest rainwater program for the grant, uh, she's, she's the contact for all those information, uh, all, all right. those programs. And, uh, I'm the contact for the, 
the the base rainwater program for the rebate uh, but uh, yeah, I, yeah i think that's something me and my wife want to do do it oh yeah Seriously. for sure yeah, yeah. yeah. and i want to talk to travis so I, i'd like to start that i'd like to get a thousand gallon tank that could last about a year of drinking water i'd like to talk to travis about how to how to um keep that water drinkable right. yeah to you know filter it and treat it what mm-hmm. if something goes down what if power goes out what if these wells yeah. don't pump what you know um yeah and, and and not only will it be beneficial for you it'll be beneficial for you know your local ecology you won't be having uh, excess runoff that might you know erode some of your property you might uh you know you're not going to be having any your excess you know just runoff runoff can cause all kinds of problems if you have a lot of excess runoff mm. mm-hmm. as she was saying and uh so catching rainwater as close to where it's generated as possible is is absolutely the the way to go that's mm-hmm. so exciting is there anything else y'all would like to say to the Kerrville before you get um, on? There, I do have a couple plugs. Come on so, with uh, it. Going back to the river cleanup a little bit. Yeah, if, if you want to register, uh, currently registration is open, www.ugra.org. Um, go to the, the little drop-down menu uh, for major initiatives and go to the river cleanup. All information about the river cleanup is there. Or you can just give me a call at 830-896-5445. And, uh, yeah, I'll help you get registered, uh, sign up a team, anything like that. But also for the river cleanup, uh, we have an art contest where, um, Kerr County students K through 12, uh, they can submit their artwork to design the, uh, what goes on the river cleanup t-shirts for this year. And mm-hmm. currently that's going, uh, let's see the deadline for that is May 12th, um, and yeah, the the winner gets a hundred dollars, and their artwork featured on our website, um, the T-shirts, and they're also recognized by our board of directors. And then second place uh, gets fifty dollars, and third place gets twenty five dollars. So yeah, it's a really cool program. For the last several years, we've had you know great designs on our T-shirts. Mm-hmm. They're all they've you know mostly been provided by the students of Kerr County with their cool drawings. And yeah, so uh, if, you've, if you're if you a parent, if you're a teacher, uh, or just somebody who knows a, a kiddo that's a student here in Kerr County, uh, uh, all that information is also on the River Cleanup page on our website. And uh, yeah, get all the guidelines and, and the entry forms and all that are also uh, all there as well. I know two kids, but I'm not going to say their name because... If and when they win, y'all won't think it's rigged. <laughs> hey, there we go. That, that's smart. That's smart. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, we, we just have, you know, that's going on right now. And then uh, I could have swore I had some other things that I wanted to plug. Oh, our Facebook and Instagram pages are live. Yeah. Brand yes. brand new. So yeah, go give us a follow. Go give us a like. Where are you at? What, UGRA uh, or is it Upper yeah, Guadalupe? Uh, you can, uh, our quick URL tag is uh, UG, uh Facebook.com forward slash uh, UGRA Texas, right? Yeah, UGRA TX. Yeah, UGRA. Is this y'all? That, yes, that's, that's us. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it, give it a, a share on Facebook. <laughs> tell right. tell your friends. Uh, you know, just we're we're trying to get our page, you know, out there. So so we it's another avenue of, you know, just getting the good news of protecting the Guadalupe River out there. And then Instagram is the same handle as well, UGRATX. Uh, if you do the Instagram thing, but yeah, we we're proud of that, and uh, you know, it just dropped what a couple weeks ago. Yeah, just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so uh, we're we're trying to get uh, just the word out there on that. Uh, another avenue 
where we can just kind of tell people what we're, what we got going on and just about everybody uh is on social media these days so mm-hmm. it's a uh, i think it's going to benefit everybody uh, as a whole at, uh, at our, on our end just kind of able to get the word out there hey mm-hmm. anything that goes down shelby and matt anything any event y'all have coming up y'all come on the curville podcast even if y'all gotta just squeeze in you know, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, five minutes, whatever y'all want. I just want y'all to know that this is important and y'all can use this platform at your disposal. Hey, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. you. Absolutely. Shelby, what would you like to say to Kerrville before you go? Well, Matt plugged the river cleanup, which is on the website. Uh, Yeah. He stole all the good. I know. And he stole social media. (laughs) Oh, sorry. sorry. (laughs) Stealing all the good stuff. I think I'm going to go just the general website. Um, We've been doing a lot of, we've done a lot of work on it for a long time, but especially this last year, been really working on making uh, the education center for it as useful to people as possible. We, especially for a small organization, we have an insanely good website. I know it sounds kind of braggy. No, it's really cool. I checked it out. It's a great website. website. Yeah. Yeah, Every program we talk about is going to be on there. Uh, Anything we ever mention, we're going to have resources on there. You know, we talked a lot about rainwater today. Mm -hmm. We're going to, we have a page with rainwater resources on there. Who made your Uh, website? Um, like the company, uh, Alara. the one that kind of like just put it all together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Alara creative. Yeah. Okay. A little plug there too. That's yeah. right. Go check them out if you need a website. Here in Kerrville. Yeah. Yeah. They've done a couple of, uh, other websites in Kerrville as That's well. That's cool. Um, yeah. I'll give you a good one and I'll ask you the same question. So you'll yeah. have more time to think right, about I'll it. Be, I'll be ready and this it. is the last question. <laughs> what type of legacy do you want to leave? Whether it be oh, wow. with the city or with your family or just you what what type of legacy do you want to leave Shelby that is a that's a great and very impactful question um I think for me I am such a huge fan of local um I know especially in a small town like Kerrville we talk about what's important locally so often um making a huge impact you know like a large footprint I think is a lot less important than making a really large impact on a few people and a few really important topics so it's just like becoming someone in Kerrville that like people know that you're like a good resource and people know that you'll help them out. There's so many people in Kerrville who are just famous for being helpful, <laughs> just famous for being <laughs> good very people. True. Right. Yeah. And never, obviously I'm not expecting to reach those kinds of heights, right? The <laughs> notoriety, but being someone that at least a few people in town or in the County think, God, that person was really helpful. And they like really helped me out with something or they really made an impact on the river or, some way in my life that would be amazing i think you're gonna get there too well i mean you're already doing it but it's it's funny because the people who are the most prominent on that i've had on and it's so interesting having having them on and getting to pick their brains you Mm -hmm. know and y'all too but the ones that are the most prominent focus on the community they they Mm -hmm. very little do they say me me i i they're like they're talking about how their product and how their how their services impact the community and you're going to do that. So I I just, I really hope so. Absolutely. Thank you for what you do for Kerrville. Well, thank you. I have faith in you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, you've had Um, about 30 seconds to think about your answer. Um, I'd say the, the impact, uh, you know, the, what I would want to leave behind, um, is just that I, I made a difference. You know, I, it sounds really cliche. Um, uh, you know, I want to make a difference, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I really do. You know, I, I took a long time between high school and getting my degree, uh, just kind of not, you know, retail jobs, odds and ends types of jobs. And yeah. And, uh, 
I just, you know, I, I, I didn't feel like I was doing anything. It was just kind of hitting my head against a wall and it just, I wasn't going anywhere. And then finally I have an opportunity to really do something with my life and my career. And I'm, you know, I, I love our natural environment. You know, I, I love going hiking, camping and all that stuff. And I, I have a, a little kiddo at home. He's uh, 15 months. Love you, Ellis. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, uh, you know, I, I want to be able to leave behind something that he can enjoy as well. You know, I want to, I want him to be able to enjoy a nice clean river, go to go kayaking on and to go swimming and, you know, just to enjoy his natural environment and another, whenever he's able to, to and and you know long after i'm gone so i, I just i just want to leave behind something not only for him but for the generations to come uh so they can enjoy it as i've been able to enjoy it and then you know perpetually enjoying the environment and maybe even making it better than whenever you know they were young and uh, there's a lot of people coming into the environmental fields these days so i mm-hmm. think um I think that's going to happen. So uh, my, I would like to leave a behind a cleaner environment than whenever I came into this career, basically. Well, I, I hope that y'all use this podcast and you share it to these Shriner students. You share it to these people who yeah. um, want to be in your food or who even who are even questioning, you know, your field uh, as their final um, trade. And uh, so the river is where my heart is. I, uh, I've done a lot in that river. I, yeah. I grew up, I, I, you know, learned how to swim. I, I had my first kiss in that river, Hey, you know, like, <laughs> so there's a lot of memories there, um, all the way from, you know, man, working out, challenging myself. Um, I swam my first mile in that river. That's a um, long way to swim. Yeah. I can run a mile, no problem, but swimming, yeah. it's a different story. <laughs> um, over there, over there, uh, behind Chili's, you know, okay, from, from yeah. the dam and, 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 you know, you, mm-hmm. you can get the distance there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just, I, I love the river and I want my, my children to experience that. Mm-hmm. So just having y'all on, isn't like, Hey, what do y'all do at UG? All right. No, y'all are, y'all are the ones that can enable my children to experience what I did Yeah. Mm-hmm. from tubing to kayaking to, you know, just, just the beauty of the sun glistening off the river fishing. I haven't even started about fishing. Oh yeah. I love fishing. <laughs> we didn't even talk about fishing. <laughs> we did. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but I just thank y'all for what you do and we're, and we're glad to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all come on back anytime. Thank we'll, you. We'll, yeah. we'll take that seriously, John. Yeah. We're coming back tomorrow. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, well actually, we are coming back tomorrow. We're, we're going to be on the radio tomorrow. So, yeah, check us out on uh, all the jam stations. All right. Well, this <laughs> this will probably be posted for another week because I am I am slacking on this editing. Like, I got I got four or five podcasts lined up, and then, dude, we're booked for, like, three months. But oh, wow. crazy. I'm telling you, y'all come in whenever you want. Like, mm-hmm. just give me a call, like, the day before and be like, hey, can we squeeze something in because we got an event coming up? I got you. Thank you. Yeah, this has been awesome. We appreciate that. Yeah, it's a really good time. Cool. All right, Matt and Shelby, y'all have a blessed one. Um, I would say the number of the podcast, but I don't know where we are, (laughs) y'all. All All right. Thank you.